Today I want to talk about works. <laughs> what does it mean as a Christian? Where do works fit into our lives? Because the Bible says faith without works is dead, but it also says that a man is not justified by works, but by faith and faith in Christ alone. So continue on watching today as we jump into this question, and I pray that this is going to be a blessing to you today. Book of James, chapter 2, starting in verse 14, said, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says, says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead." And so he goes on to talk here. He says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, do you want to be shown you foolish foolish person that faith apart from works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was, a, and he was called a friend of God. And then if you look at verse 26 it says for as the body apart from the spirit is dead so also is faith faith apart from works is dead. Where do works come into play as a Christian? Because we know throughout the New Testament, one of the fundamental doctrines of Christianity is that you are saved by faith through or by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so it's not by works that a man is justified. In fact, it says in Romans chapter four, if you begin reading that in verse one, it says, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to him that works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness, apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. And so, how do you sort of reconcile these two things? You hear a lot of Christians talk when you start, you know, especially when you start talking about repentance and forsaking sin and repentance from dead works as seen in Romans chapter six and different things like that. You start hearing people, that sounds like works, brother. <laughs> that sounds like works. <laughs> and it's like there's, there's this line of people who they're on one side, they only think that God feels toward them according to their behavior. 
they, they don't think about the blood of Jesus. They don't think about being justified by God. <laughs> you know, if they even think a wrong thought for a second, it's condemnation for a week. And then on the other side of it, you have people who never do anything. <laughs> they never do anything. All of their words are empty. Their faith doesn't produce anything in life. And at the moment you start telling them, anything that would hold them accountable for their actions or their works, they, well, that sounds like works. That sounds like the law. You're trying to put me under the law. <laughs> First, I want to say this. There is a clear, distinct difference when you read the book of Galatians between the works of the law justifying you before God, independent of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ, and the crucifixion of the flesh and putting to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. You can see all of that in Galatians. <laughs> That's why Paul talked about if you you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then he lists the lust of the flesh and he lists the fruits of the spirit. And so there's a difference between trying to go under the law of Moses and forsake the fulfillment of the law that was provided by Jesus Christ. And there's an extreme of getting rid of everything that is the do's and don'ts of scripture in its entirety under the guise of it doesn't matter anymore. That's just works and it doesn't matter. So the balance here I want to talk about is the, the weight of scholarship reconciles these verses with the rest of the context of the Bible. You can go through and you can study the different passages where the Bible talks about works or the Bible talks about faith and justification and righteousness. And you can see, you know, Jesus came to do the works of him who sent him. He said, we must work while it is yet day. He said, uh, he, when the woman with the alabaster box came and, and worshiped Jesus, he said, she has done a good work. And he, so we can't just completely get rid of works because he commended this woman for the good work that she did. And, but Jesus also told the Pharisees or those who were listening, he said, beware of the Pharisees. Do what they say, but not what they do because they say and do not. They say and do not. And so you can see here that there's this constant back and forth of, of works being good and works being bad and works working with your faith and trying to work to be justified. But justification comes through faith alone. That's how Romans works with James. I want to show you in James an important point. It says in verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says... He has faith. Notice this. If someone says he has faith, you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard lots of people, well, I have faith or I believe or I this or this and this and this. And they say all this stuff, but the evidence of their life is that they're in unbelief. The confession coming out of them is unbelief. Their behavior shows that they are in unbelief. This is the important thing. He says, if someone says he has faith. And then he finishes the verse by saying, can that faith save him? Can that faith save him? So if someone is going around proclaiming, oh, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, but it never impacts their life and there's no evidence of, the, of their faith working in their life, can that faith save them? <laughs> For example, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So you have to believe in your heart, but you must confess with your mouth. You must confess with your mouth. When it came to the woman who worshiped Jesus with the alabaster box, what 
was what did her works come from? What did that work come from? That work came from she believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He was who he said he was. And she, out of that belief, did a good work to worship him as such. The work that she did proved the genuineness of what she believed. And so what James is laying out a case here for is when you look at real genuine faith in scripture, it is always manifested. And the way that it manifests is, you know, like John chapter 15, we are in the vine. <laughs> we can't do anything by ourselves, but the, we, since we're grafted in him, we bear fruit. He wants us to bear fruit. And, and I'll read that in just a second. But Jesus commended good works. Genuine faith is seen as the outward evidence of works. So notice that Abraham didn't just believe God and then never obey. <laughs> Abraham believed God and then left everything to obey God. And then Abraham believed God and he took his son Isaac to sacrifice him on a mountain. And then God intervened and said, I know you believe because you've obeyed me. So there's a difference between faith that just says you believe and faith that believes and obeys. Because if you believe from the scripture that you shall be saved if you call upon the name of the Lord, then you know that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you believe the things that scripture says, you are going to act as though it is true because you believe it. <laughs> you know, when, when, when the weather forecaster starts coming on and talking about there's going to be a storm and, you know, expect this and that and, and rain and whatever other kind of stuff. What happens? You go to the store. There's no milk. There's no bread. <laughs> Why? Because people heard the weather report. They believed it and they acted upon it. If you ever have, have <laughs> been in a, a severe weather situation, you'll see when people hear that report, they might board up their windows. You, if snow is coming, you salt the ground around you. What are you doing? You are acting in accordance with what you believe to be true. When, when you go to your job and your employer promises you a paycheck, you don't just go to the job <laughs> and, and just waste all of your time and, well, we'll just see. Maybe I'll get paid. Maybe I'll get not. I don't even know if this is really a job. Like, you, There's no doubts about it. You have a clear job description. You do the work and then you get paid for the work. And so what are you doing? You are functioning according to what you believe. You believe that if I put in this amount of hours, I will get this amount of, of money. And so the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when we hear the word of God and we believe in our heart, we begin speaking it. We begin acting it. We begin stepping out in works that manifest the genuineness of our faith. And so I want you to understand the key difference here is it's not works that is trying to be justified. If you start going around and saying, now, God, how come you haven't done this for me? Because I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been doing this and this and this. Why? Why am I not healed yet? I've done this and this and this. I've done everything I know to do. Da, 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 da. And you start acting like that. Well, what are you trying to do? You are trying to purchase something that's already promised. You are trying to exchange your works for a promise of God. But the Bible says that the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. And the finished work of the cross is finished. It's the finished work. Jesus said it is finished. He didn't say if you fast enough, if you pray enough, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, you will get this in return. He, we come 
in the foundation of knowing that we are a new creature in Christ Jesus and we can come to the Father and whatever he promised will be ours. And then when we stand in faith for those promises, there will be an evidence manifested in our life through actions proving that what we believe is true, that what we believe is true, we believe it in our innermost being. Matthew 7, 17, Jesus talked about every healthy tree, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Well, then in Philippians chapter one, it charges us in verse uh, 11, it says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so God's desire for us is that we be filled with the fruits of righteousness. We talked about John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. And so you can see here in verse five, it talks about, uh, that the Father is glorified that we bear much fruit. It talks about that uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so here's what we see. The fundamental difference between what Romans is saying and what James is saying is, are you trying to achieve something from God through your works <laughs> that's already been provided by grace or are you receiving it by grace and then your works are manifesting the proof of the, that, that what you believe is real? James chapter one and verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. This is what James is talking about in chapter two. If someone says he has faith, but he doesn't have works, can that faith save them? Can the faith they say they have save them? Can the faith that they say they have do anything for them? You know, he talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. But here's the key here is how many people deceive themselves because they only hear the word and they don't do it. They are hearers only and don't do it. Can you imagine if Abraham was told to leave your father and mother and I will make of you a great nation and he heard that and he said, okay, I believe it. And then he just went around telling everybody, God's gonna make me a great nation. God's gonna make me a great nation. But then he never left. <laughs> he never obeyed. He never did what God said. <laughs> what if Moses was called by God to bring deliverance to the nation of Israel out of Egypt, but he just went on and kept going around telling his family in the desert that, oh, I'm called to deliver Israel. I'm called to deliver Israel. I'm called to deliver Israel. What would happen? He would be only a hearer and not a doer. And the deception that he would enter into is that I believe, but there's no evidence of that belief actually in my life. <laughs> and you can leverage this for yourself. Examine yourself. Look at yourself and say, are the fruit coming, is the fruit coming out of my life in line with what I say I believe? And if not, how can I reinforce faith in my life so that my actions prove what I believe. It comes out of the faith that's in your heart. And here's the, the last thing I want to close with this is in Revelation chapter two, Jesus is talking to the churches and this is the letters that are being written. Uh, 
<laughs> and this is so important here because we, we can't just throw out the concept of works. He says in uh, chapter 2 and verse 2, I know thy works, them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And then he goes on to talk about some things, and here's the commission. Here's the commission at the end. <clears throat> he says in verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. And he talks about that in, in different times throughout these uh, several chapters when he's addressing the church, is he says, you know, one of the times was come back to your first love and do the works that you did in the beginning. Do the works that you did in the beginning. You know, some people, some people say, I'm just going through a desert season. I'm just going through a storm. I'm just going through this. I'm going through this. And they don't realize that the only reason they feel that God has been distant from them is because they lost their first love. They stopped doing the works that they did in the beginning. When, when you have that first love that Jesus talked about, what are you doing? You're seeking God. You're reading the word. You're pressing in in prayer. You're spending time in worship. You're fellowshipping with him. You're at every meeting the church has. As soon as the doors are open, you're there and you're expecting and you're believing. But what happens if you start drifting back from that? You can begin to <laughs> deceitfully enter into that self-deception it's very tricky <laughs> where your works begin drifting, where you say you're on fire. You say you're in revival. You say you believe God. You say, I know I'm healed. You say this and this and this. But every action that comes out of your life is contrary to what you say you believe. That's, <laughs> as far as I know, I'm not a psychologist, but I think the term for that psychologically is cognitive dissonance, where your behavior is different from what you hold to be true as a core value. And so in Hebrews chapter 6, one of the fundamental doctrines is repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works, which means if the works that are coming out of our life, and this isn't only what it means, but if the works that are coming out of our life are dead, <laughs> they're not producing, they're not from faith, they're not from the foundation of being a new, crea new creation in Christ Jesus then we need to repent, align our actions up again and do the works that we did in the beginning. You can actually begin to funnel your passion and your faith for the Lord by going back and examining the fruit and the works that are coming out of your life and changing how you behave and how you live. They work together. They work together. You can you change the works. If you're not in the word, then you get in the word and the word will change your faith. And so they work together. You build it up in your heart and display it in your actions. You build it up in your heart and display it in your actions. You hear the word of God and then you do it. You are a doer, not a hearer only. And so when you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, we are saved by faith and grace alone. The Bible clearly lays that out in the book of Romans. But that is the imputed righteousness that comes by faith. And out of that will flow the fruits of righteousness or the works of faith. 
that, Paul, or that James talks about here. <laughs> and so Paul even said later, you have died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? And so he's showing that there will be a change that takes place. You are no longer slave to sin, but slaves of righteousness. And then there's a challenge of don't allow yourself to then again come under the yoke of slavery to serve sin again. <laughs> and so... I know that's a lot of things. I pray that this, this was a blessing to you and that this helped you to show that we are accountable for our actions and we've got to step up to the plate and, you know, as the saying goes, put our money where our mouth is and do what we say we believe. If we believe that God wants us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, how come we haven't invited anybody to church in 45 years? Okay, that is a classic case of cognitive dissonance where the person has been deceived by them. They've been deceived by being hearers only and not doers. So when we hear the word, we want to apply it, put it into practice and do good works unto God. So join us again <laughs> next podcast. I pray this is a blessing to you and we'll see you here next time. God bless.